You once killed three men in a bar. With a pencil. I know, I've heard the story. With a pencil? Who the f can do that? Well, I can assure you that the stories you hear about these men, if nothing else, has been watered down. What is up and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, the podcast where four friends sit around and review movies that you absolutely should have seen already, but at least one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler and I'm here with my three best friends. Hi, I'm best friend number one. My name's Scott. I'm best friend number three. My name's Jake. <laughs> oh, I'm best friend number two. Yeah. My name is Zach. I was three in the last episode. I didn't really want to confuse the fans. <laughs> Fair. That was, uh, that's thoughtful of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Hey, we are reviewing, if you didn't know, uh, from that, from that opening scene or from just reading the text, uh, when you clicked on this episode, we're reviewing John wick, uh, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times I end up picking, uh, Oscar bait movies. Um, and you know, every once in a while, a movie you absolutely should have seen is just a, a popcorn movie crowd pleaser. And uh, this is up there for me for popcorn movie crowd pleasers. So I'm pretty excited for us to, to chat through it a little bit. And frankly, I was surprised that we had a couple of late bloomers to this. Oh, was it a couple? I thought it was just me. You no, I said, oh, yeah, sorry, I, sorry. I haven't seen it either. Or I had not seen it. Yeah, so. I thought I was a late bloomer. Uh-huh. And then I realized I wasn't. <laughs> and I'm, I am personally very excited uh, because in two weeks, roughly two weeks, uh, John Wick Fort comes out and, uh, the big baddie in that is going to be Bill Skarsgård, uh, who I just think is a phenomenally scary actor. <laughs> like, is he playing it again? <laughs> he is playing Pennywise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Wick has to kill Pennywise cause the kids couldn't do it. <laughs> That'd be a good showdown. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why the kids didn't just call John Wick, you know? They should have. Yeah, if that was, if I found out that that was an option, they could have just killed John Wick's dog and then said it was Pennywise. I like the idea of like what movie would have just been a much quicker movie if they had just called John Wick. <laughs> like if the Avengers were just like, hey, John Wick could probably kill Thanos, right? Mm -hmm. Like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man of focus. <laughs> kill Thanos with a pencil if um, you know like Star Wars episode 3 they would have called John Wick to take out Anakin instead of that's right I will tell you uh, John Wick definitely goes for the head every time so he mm -hmm. would not have made Thor's classic mistake <laughs> it still hurts he, he would have made sure Anakin was dead when he was left on the side exactly the yeah yeah he doesn't, he does not leave people just laying to die. He, he makes sure to, that they're dead before he walks away. So you watch star Wars episode three and you think that what would have fixed things is Anakin dying and not like Palpatine. Uh, yeah, I would probably rather Palpatine die and Anakin doesn't Ant fall. Palpatine can't die. Didn't you see nine? Yeah, he'll come <laughs> I, back say, I feel like regardless of who dies or what, like the writers are going to find a way to make to sure Palpatine still make another well, movie. I don't yeah. think they're going to find a way. I think they're just going to say it. <laughs> Someone told me that apparently like this was supposed to be explained that that was a Palpatine clone. They, I don't remember yeah, that. I think because they, they walk through and you see all the Palpatine clones before you see Palpatine. And so that was their version of explaining <laughs> that to the audience. Like, how would you not pick up on this? Yeah, exactly. Clear as day. Yeah. That, wait, who was a Palpatine clone? Palpatine. The Palpatine in oh. nine is just actually a clone. Of yeah, yeah, old, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you picked up on that? I also think I read that Ray was born from a, a different Palpatine clone. <laughs> right. Think. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that wasn't very clear to me in the movie either. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you were correct. There your, was a lot of things read. that weren't very clear in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Your, your read was accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the movie where we're going to, instead of talking about John Wick 2, we're just going to break down all the things we hated about Star, Star Wars, Wars Episode, episode nine. 9. Yeah. Sick. You guys all watched it in preparation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I watch it every week just in case we're going to cover it. <laughs> watch a movie you just... Hey, despise yeah just in case it's it comes up i want to be ready mm. for uh not not for you guys but for the tots 
Yeah. That's, I appreciate your dedication to the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Scott, before we uh, jump into everyone's takes, uh, do you want to hit us with a little bit of just the facts? Yes. Yeah, so this was directed by Chad Stahelski. Uh, written by Derek Kolstad, released October 24th, 2014, has a runtime of 101 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 86%. IMDb gave it a 7.4. Had a box office of $86 million on a $30 million budget, so almost a 3x return, and then wasn't nominated or win any awards. Well, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we start with you, Scott? Since you had seen this movie before, uh, you actually told us off air kind of a funny story about watching this again. Yeah, so I was like trying to get mentally prepared for watching John Wick two, and I was like, okay, I've seen John Wick one, like I'll just like try to get myself in the place where I remember like what plot lines happened in one, so that I can watch two. And I was like, okay, I kind of vaguely remember like he assassinated. Uh, some like woman that was like on the chair of assassins and then like her main bodyguard was pissed at him and they got in fights and the dude who like hired him then was upset because it was her his sister and so then he sent his guys after him and so i like recalled like the whole plot <laughs> of, of john wick movie. too <laughs> i started it and i was like oh <laughs> this is that movie <laughs> i'm not a late bloomer yeah do you know what i think this movie does excellently though because i i had seen john wick one and forgot about like i forgot some of it but they tell you everything you need to know to hit the ground running in like the first five minutes yeah like it's like oh he he killed this guy somebody killed his dog and then it's like all right let's go you know <laughs> i think that's cuz then they're watchable without having seen the other ones yeah yeah or having been years since you've seen it maybe mm-hmm. but what do you think scott rewatching it this time yeah i mean i think it's uh just a fun shoot 'em up movie i don't think there's a whole lot like special about it um but i don't think there's anything like bad about it i think it probably took a lot of uh, weapon handling training from uh, Neo to. to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there. I was trying to plan out like how do I talk about Neo and Morpheus because they're in this movie. Right. We'll but, get there. Yeah, we'll talk um, about it for sure. So yeah, um, I thought it was fun. Like it's definitely something. It's a popcorn movie. It's an underwear movie. Now it wasn't an underwear movie because it wasn't around back then. Mm. But I could see it making its it way. It would onto have the list. been. You're it telling me been. that you haven't continued watching movies in your underwear with your dad into your 30s I on Saturday mornings. I haven't. That, That's a pretty big bummer. Yeah, I've that, let the tots down. That breaks my universe a yeah. little bit. I'm sorry. The underwear cinematic universe. The UCU. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite UCU movie? Oh, it's for sure Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. It's for sure Independence Day. It's a good UCU movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would say I, it's middle tier for me. I think it's fun. Uh, I think it like knows its lane. It knows exactly what it's doing, and it delivers on what it wants to do. And so I think it's just a good time. Jake, this was your first time watching it? Yeah, I had watched John Wick 1, uh, and I... I actually have a very fond memory of John Wick one. I was the, maybe the first movie I watched after I moved out of my parents' house and I was on in my own house and I didn't know what to do with myself because I'd never been alone in a home before, I guess. And I was like, I'm going to watch John Wick. And I really liked it. And I was like, I don't want any more of this because I liked it <laughs> and don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my thing for me where I was like, I think that this is a really interesting world and I like how shrouded in mystery it is. And I didn't, I didn't want to know more. And I was afraid that sequels would do that for me. And I think what I appreciate about this movie was we're still left in mystery. I, I feel like there's there's so many things out now where it's just like you get every detail of everything and you have to have it. And and it, sometimes I just want a little bit of mystery. Uh, so I appreciate that about this movie. And I do, I think that I like a, a popcorn movie and it may, this might not be one of my favorite, like might not be my favorite popcorn movie, but it's up there. I think that it's, it's fun. It's a good time. You can kind of just, from now from what I've seen, you got to just put any one of them on. It would seem kind of pick up and then go and then enjoy two hours and then drop it, you know? So I think it's really good. Zach, what about you? You, the, the you had seen John Win- John wick, the first yeah. one before, right? Yes. And so this was your first time. Yeah, this is my first time. Um, so this is what I'll say. Um, the action genre, the shoot 'em up genre, um, is not one of my preferred genres. I, I don't always care for these kind of movies. Um, and in fact, I feel like I've kind of grown tired of the, uh, like 
male protagonist that just cannot be defeated and is constantly kind of being brought back into the game and has to kill everyone and accomplish some mm-hmm. goal. I just feel like we have so many of those. James Bond. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and then just a ton of knockoffs of James mm-hmm. Bond since then to where like I'm I'm just pretty tired of that genre. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this movie, and I, I actually personally think even more than the first one, I think this movie does some things differently um, and is creative in ways that like a lot of those other movies aren't that makes me interested hmm. in a kind of movie that I typically wouldn't be really that interested in. Um, and I had like a fun time with this movie. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it, it wouldn't be the kind of movie I'd go out of my way to watch on my own, but like having like being forced to watch this movie, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. And, um, I, I think something that I hear a lot about the John wick movies is like kind of what Jake alluded to the world of John Wick. And it is really interesting. And I think you guys are all right in that, like, it doesn't overplay its hand. It just, like, reveals just enough to where you're like, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. Like, uh, I, I'd like to know more about that, but I'm happy that I don't know more about that. And it just, it leaves a lot up to the imagination. Um, and I think that this movie knows its lane. It knows that, like, people are here for the action. So it's like, let's do the action excellently. And so it just does. And it's mm-hmm. really fun. Um, and it's it's really impressive at times. And, like, I'm, I'm sure, Tyler, you'll, you'll have a lot to say about that. But, like, uh, yeah, there was multiple times where it's just like, damn, that was a cool scene. <laughs> like, that was yeah, really awesome. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and so it, it doesn't try to sell me on the story, really. Like, or it doesn't oversell me. It, it's not trying it's to not make It's not too this, big of a story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and it's almost kind of like the inverse of like a Taken, where it's like, <laughs> they're kind of like trying to, to play on our emotionality of like a daughter trying to rescue, or I'm sorry, a father trying to rescue his daughter. Like what could be more compelling than that? And this is like, nah, this guy's just trying to avenge the people that killed his dog. And now like, he's just having a really bad week because yeah. of that, <laughs> you know, like it's almost kind of silly if you think mm-hmm. about it in that way. Um, but like, it just, it leads to some more immensely fun movies than like a taken franchise would give you. Um, so I, I had a fun time with this. I liked this one quite a bit more than the first one. I yeah. never saw Taken 2. Was it bad? Yeah. I only saw Taken 1 as well. Okay. <clears throat> I saw all three. I think there's, there's only three. three. There might be four. If there's, there's four, four, I, I knew there were four. Wow. If there's four, I haven't seen the fourth, but I have seen three of them. Okay. Jeez. I've seen one. Uh, I've it, only seen the first Zach, one. Zach, yeah. it's kind of funny that you say that. Uh, I watched uh, an interview between uh, Chad Stahelski, the director, and Keanu. Um, and you know, the first movie kind of came to them written, uh, but they had a lot more like creative license over like, okay, like we're going to do a second one. There wasn't a script already written. So they had a lot more like, um, the two of them together had a lot of input into the story. Keanu being one of those people. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, they had kind of like kicked around some ideas and someone had brought to the table, not one of the two of them, but in like just kind of a writer's room situation, someone had brought to the table like, Oh, maybe he has a long lost daughter that he's trying to save. And they were both Chad and Keanu were like, that is not our movie. Like that's not our lane. Like, no, Uh, thank God. I know. Yeah. Like, so (laughs) I, I, and I felt the same way. Like, it's just like, yeah, he's just, that's a great description. Like he's just having a bad week as a result of, you know, trying to get revenge on the people that killed his dog. Yeah. I think that that would be uh, like, if, I don't know if you've seen those explain a film plot badly tweets, but that yeah. would be a good one. You know, like, Oh yeah. Former assassin has bad week. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a, a pretty good. Yeah. No. Uh, one of the things um, that I wanted to bring up to you guys to, to talk about, uh, but actually even before that, I wanted to share, cause I, I didn't in my intro, I had an interesting experience with John wick and specifically with this movie. Um, it was, because this came out in 2014, I think, correct? Or 13? 14. Oh, no, 14? Yep. Uh, and the first movie came out in 2011. And uh, it was, you know, 2014, and and I still had not watched John Wick. Uh, because I, like you, Zach, was pretty sick of this, you know, genre. Like, yeah. we do mm-hmm. it a lot. It's It's been done a ton. I, you know, there's maybe a franchise or two that I will stick around for that for, um, because I'm a loyal fan, but like for the most part, I'm just not interested in that anymore. And, uh, I was hanging out with a buddy Harrison 
And we had both kind of expressed the same sentiment. And I was like, well, do you want to just watch it? Like the first movie, like we haven't, you know, neither of us had seen it. And we sat down and watched it and it was over. And both of us were like, holy crap, that was really good. And I was like, I wonder if there was a sequel and the sequel had just come out days prior. And I was like, do you want to go to the theater and see the second one now? And he was like, yeah, I really do. And so we went and saw the second one. I, I, I really loved it. Uh, but one of the things I didn't know at that time uh, that I think is really fascinating, uh, Chad Stahelski, uh, these, uh, the John Wick movies, this is his directorial debut. Mm. Um, Chad was Keanu's stunt double for all the matrix movies and they've been friends for all these years. And what do you mean stunts? Uh, yeah, I thought the matrix, matrix was a documentary. I thought it happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't understand what the joke <laughs> I was. was. Like, yeah, I, I was all late on that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was his stunt double for all three matrix films. And after the matrix, Chad uh, created a, uh, a studio uh, called 8611, uh, that has been doing the stunt coordination for like every major action movie since. Uh, so like they did the Hunger Games stunts, they did the Red movies, they did all the Expendable movies. They so they do like the stunt work and the choreography uh, and the stunt coordination for all these big action films. And this uh, script came to Keanu, and he really liked it. And so he went to Chad, and they decided, hey, let's just make this together. And, uh, so Chad, you know, broke out as a, a director with John Wick one, and I think really killed it, but it also explains a lot. Like, I don't think that anyone else could be John Wick than Keanu Reeves. Like, I, I don't think I could recast him and I don't think another director could direct Keanu Reeves to do John Wick as well as it does, because like Chad knows exactly what Keanu can do and can't do. Because he was his stunt double for, you know, uh-huh. three massive action films. And I think that's a, a really fascinating dynamic to bring to an action film. And I think it attributes a lot to, uh, as well as to your point, like not taking, not them not taking themselves too seriously, I think really lends itself to just being, in, in my opinion, this is what, this is like the the prototypical or maybe the archetypical action film like shoot 'em up film like i think mm-hmm. every other action shoot 'em up movie wishes it was john wick yeah this kind of feels like a, a mashup of me of like 007 born with the born saga and like um the kingsman yeah like all together in mm-hmm. one. like there's elements of all those things in there that was what i was gonna when i was thinking about what my favorite popcorn movie is i think i like the kingsman at least one and two better than this, but I still think this is very good. And I think what sets this one and Kingsman apart, maybe from like a 007 or a Bourne is it's just a lot more fun. They don't take themselves as serious as 007, which I really appreciate in a movie like this. Like, I think I would agree that maybe I'm a little bit tired of the overly serious action shoot 'em up movie. But if you give me any of these like fun action shoot 'em up, I'll go see it 10 times out of 10 and probably have a, a reasonably good time. Like even, uh, like Chad, um, like put all of the Russians in the first movie in like they were like often or, or all wearing red shirts uh-huh. because he's like, I want the audience to know that like from Star Trek, like if you're wearing a red shirt, you're going to die. That's funny. Like, it's like, that's how, like, I mean, it's like maybe homage. I think there's a lot of homage in these movies, but I think there's also just a lot of like cheekiness like that, uh-huh. you know, the, like, like Kingsman that, yeah. that make it the thing that I, I would say would put this above Kingsman for me is, uh, Kingsman and most action movies, but Kingsman is also making fun of a lot of those action movies, mm-hmm. but, uh, it still has so much CGI. Uh, huh where this has next to no CGI, like everything that you're seeing, all these, uh, like, you know, a motorcycle crashing into a car that they really did that. They just crashed a motorcycle into a car or like, you know, John wick, you know, flings his car around, whips his car around and knocks a guy into a pole. Those are my favorite stunts. That was real. (laughs) Like they really did that to a stunt guy. 
crazy. That's pretty awesome. And and all of the extras in this movie, because Chad owns a stunt company, all of the extras in this movie are actual working stuntmen. Mm. So like they're able to do a lot more in camera uh-huh. than most action movies even try to do. They're they just are well, we'll we'll just CGI it later kind of a thing. I think that I guess in the case of Kingsman specifically, the reason the CGI doesn't bother me is it's so over the top and it lets yeah. them be so over the I top, agree. which I enjoy. Yeah. But I also appreciate how much maybe more skill yeah. went into this. Yeah. I feel like also those kind of movies, like the John Wicks and the Kingsmen, um, because they don't take themselves as seriously, are are easier franchises to get on board with multiple and multiple sequels. Yeah. Right. Whereas like, uh, you know, we, we scoffed at how many takens there are now. Right. Or even like a, a saga you brought up, um, Scott, the born saga, which I mm-hmm. think is like a trilogy that is probably pretty beloved. And I really enjoyed the trilogy. Me too. But then they made a fourth. Yeah. With a different and then actor. they made a fifth. They yeah. brought yeah. Jason Bourne. They brought him back. Jeremy Renner. And it's like, yeah, they had Jeremy. Renner, and then, then they, they brought, brought Matt Damon back, oh, back they for the fifth him. one. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's I like, this is that. like, it, it, it's, they got silly and they don't want to be silly movies. Yeah. And these yeah. are kind of okay with being silly, you know? Right. And so like, it's easier to get on board with a fifth and sixth and yeah. seventh movie. They you know? lean into the silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of similar to like the Fast and Furious saga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, speaking of Born, and this this is just an aside. Have, did you guys? I assume you know they were based on books. Have you guys ever tried to read them? No, no. I love them. I have. I I think I tried to read them maybe when I was too young to have read them. But I it was like I've never read a book that was I felt so different from the movie. Like yeah, I remember reading really. the book and being yes. like, this doesn't even feel like the same story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is it just like the character and nothing else? There are, yeah, there are a couple characters. Like I know born and Marie are in it. I don't remember much of it. I read it probably tried to read it like 10 or 12 years ago even. Yeah. Um, but it was crazy. I, I read the first book after the first born movie. And I, re- I read this. I started reading the second book right when the second movie came out. And in the second book, the like, the entire book is about him trying to get Marie back. Uh-huh. And in the born movie, she dies in the first seven yeah. minutes. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm not reading this book anymore. And years <laughs> later went back and picked it up and, and read them. A <laughs> lot of these movies are based on books, right? Like, isn't Jack Reacher, a Jack Reacher is a, like a, book. a book. I think that's a, is that a Tom Clancy? No, it's Lee child. Oh, and then even one of the other Jacks, right? Doesn't John Krasinski play a Jack or does he uh, that's play the Jack? Tom that's Clancy the Tom one. Clancy. It's a uh, Jack. Uh, Jack uh, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. never tried to read action. I like Clancy. Is Does it work? It's, I mean, I it's even not really, action. Is Clancy's not, not really? action. Clancy's okay. uh, like espionage. Espionage mystery. Which I, one is Clancy? That's Jack. Jack Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which not only uh, those, those, the Amazon show, but like many movies are Jack Ryan movies. I know Chris Pine was him once. Chris right? Pine was him. Harrison yeah. Ford was him three times. Oh, really? Uh, Alec Baldwin was him once. Oh, interesting. Like The Hunt for Red October starring Sean Connery. Is that a Jack That's Ryan? That's a Jack Ryan book. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think you probably read more action than you can think about. Like, then, then you realize maybe. Like, I uh, like Lord of the Rings, I think, has some really good, really well-written action sequences. And I think that, if you like those parts of the book, you might get into an action book. I guess I more so meant like uh, a book that would be uh, that would that would inspire a movie that would be action genre. Like that would be the genre is okay. action. You know, like I've I've never I've never watched an action movie and thought I want to read the book counterpart. Interesting. You know, or even a book that would be similar to that book counterpart. And I so feel I like usually curious. that those kind of movies that are like an actiony movie is like a, like a spy espionage book. And they kind of play up the action a little bit yeah. more for the movie. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. But you bring up a good point, Zach, that John Wick <clears throat> might be a little, uh, also kind of carving a, a niche for itself in the genre in that it's it's based on original material, not source mm-hmm. material, which is, I think, really fun. And I think lends to what you guys were both sharing about, like, they don't feel like they have to give away too much of the world because they're kind of writing it as they go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think that creates a, a very enjoyable atmosphere for for watching the movie i feel like uh as i was thinking about how do i want to approach us talking about john wick uh because you know normally my format is like okay let's go through the writing and let's go through the score and let's go through all those things and you know i we can do that but 
for me, and I think for you guys, like we came to John Wick for the action, not for, not for like a crazy, well-developed plot or really emotional sequence or anything like that. I did. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my it bad. Didn't disappoint, actually. <laughs> you <laughs> felt a lot of emotional I connection. So drawn in. John Wick uh, story like hook to me feels a little bit like the. Um, I think the original Duke Nukem story hook is like the president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Oh yeah. Are you a bad enough dude to that's set right. him free? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's really all I need. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? For sure. For sure. It's funny. You talked about like you come into like these recordings with like a plan mm-hmm. and my approach to these recordings is show up. Yep. Say stuff. If you think it, that's well, funny. here's the thing is I feel like we need you more than we need any of us for that because you come in with a plan and then, the rest of us just kind of pitch in yeah, where, that, we, where we can. That's where I feel like, that's why I come in with a plan is because I've observed <laughs> that none of the rest of us are. No one re-listens to season one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the role you fill and I feel like you are a bit of an unsung hero here. <laughs> well, for, for that, because I don't feel like, I feel like uh, the thought you put into some of these episodes is, is a lot more than any of us do. Well, I just want you guys to know I don't do it for you. I do it for the tots, and specifically, I do it for Remy. Thank you, Remy, uh, for being uh, such a such a loyal fan. Uh, we appreciate you, Remy. The I'm guy sorry. from Ratatouille. I'm such a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a reason why uh, it was good that uh, I was the first one of the other two guys for you to meet. It was, it was good for you because if you would have met one of them first, you would have had a much different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true because if you would have met me first, I would have said, Hey Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, one of the things that I thought about approaching John wick with was to kind of talk about, I guess like the tenets of John wick, which are uh, like shoot them up sequences, car sequences, and uh like kills like just overall like you know impression of of that and then maybe we can talk a, a little bit about the world building i thought uh like brain splatter brain splatter been, yeah 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 well that's like, like the the overall kills. that's like a, a subsegment overall, of, kills. overall kills yeah yeah okay. yeah so the the gun sequences i know i'm probably unique in this that it's a huge pet peeve of mine that most action movies get gun sequences so wrong um, but what do you guys think about John Wick? Just like, you know, there's maybe like three big ones in this where he's just going through and just shooting a bunch of people. Yeah, I thought they were all really fun. But surprisingly, I think that my favorite one or the one that I thought was the most fun was, you know, like they'd had that fight on the subway train with uh, the other guy, mm-hmm. I forget his name. Cassie. And then they're, they're walking through the crowded street and they're just like playing like tag, like secret tag, trying yeah. to shoot each yeah. other. Yeah. I thought that one was really fun. <laughs> that was a really, that was a really creative scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. When, especially, yeah, in when they're walking and uh, Cassian's like at a level above and John's below. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved that. Yeah, I thought that was a, a really fun gunfight scene it's like and surprisingly because there are so many like more crazy and in your face ones oh yeah that was really fun. yeah i think uh i don't know how much time he spent but like the way he handled the weapons like looked professional mm-hmm. like he definitely went through some like training and learned how to like handle all of his weapons and like do everything correctly i i also really appreciated him like stocking weapons in different parts of that like that oh scene. yeah like it showed like forethought and intelligence not mm-hmm. just like james bond who for the most part is like walk into it and you'll figure it out as you go <laughs> right um like he's not a stupid spy like he's an intelligent spy yeah um which i appreciated but uh yeah i just had a, i had a lot of fun with the the gun sequences and um i even think of like when he was in there like going like getting all the supplies that was like one of the scenes that really reminded me of now, granted, I think this came out first, but it reminded me of um, the Kingsman, and he's like like ordering his food, and he's like, "And what what about dessert?" And he like brings out like the knives and stuff. Um, yeah, it's just a fun movie. It has a it has a lot of just super lighthearted like character to it. I think I I appreciated that scene where he was planning, but what I think is just way cooler to me is when he's getting in these fights and he's like, I'm out of bullets. I'm just going to take this from this guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is my gun now. And yeah. then he just keeps doing that because yeah. like this, they never let up on him for a second. Right. And like, he's just always, always in an insane fight. And so he just needs to keep grabbing guns from people. And I think that's pretty, I, I always think it's pretty funny. Yeah. That, that cracks me up too, because I don't know about you, but to me, 
like it feels very like honest and real, like as opposed to maybe some other action movies, but also uh, it reminds me of like my only maybe like connection to that is video games. And that's like, what, I was that's what say. you have to do in video games. Is it mm-hmm. felt a lot like, like a really, really frantic video game moment. It's like, okay, I don't have very many bullets. Shoot. And now I've got to pick, pick up another gun. Like it felt like that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do say, I want to say too, he has got to be covered in black and blue marks from oh, all the yeah. bullets he's taking. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one scene where he, um, where it, in between, I think it's after the, the cavern sequence and he gets back to the, oh, and yeah, it's after the cavern sequence and after Cassian like tackles him back through the, the window of the continental and they have the drinking, goes back up to his room and he takes his shirt off and he's like, has all these like black and blue marks. Yeah. And, uh, the director, uh, Chad Stahelski in the audio commentary, um, specifically said that none of those are fake. (laughs) Like that's just how bruised up Keanu Reeves gets making these movies. Well, then I hope for his sake that John Wick four is the last one. (laughs) He's getting a little bit too old to be doing that. He He still looks great though. He was, he was 51 filming this. Yeah. And that was, this was was almost 10 years ago. Yeah, but I mean, filming this, he was 51. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, just give it a rest, man. Like you've, you've given us enough. Don't hurt yourself anymore. He's he's getting old. Yeah. He's getting old. Yeah, no, Scott, to your point, he did spend a lot of time, um, and it, you bringing that up reminded me, the other tenet that I forgot about was um, like the martial arts. Mm. We'll, we'll talk about that too. But um, between John Wick and one and two, uh, Keanu Reeves spent over a thousand hours in weapons training. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. That's a long like time. It, it looked like it. Yeah, which is like that is an insane amount of time for weapons training. Now, for martial arts training, he spent five thousand hours between those two movies. <laughs> wow. For martial arts training and and general like fitness training because he's over fifty. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you have to kind of be in shape to be able to even do some of these fight sequences. Um, which when you put it together, 6,000 hours, uh, that's, uh, almost three years of a full-time job mm. in Jeez, just weapons true. and, uh, and martial arts training, which is more than, uh, even some of our, our most elite military personnel get on those two things. Mm. You know, what is like even more surprising about that is that it's Keanu Reeves and he is just like got the reputation for being the nicest dude in the world. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nicest guy in the world, but not a guy you would want to pull a knife on. Yeah, apparently not. (laughs) He's got a certain set of skills. (laughs) One thing that I thought was cool about these movies is um, I feel like with a lot of action movies and I, I may be excluding some or just may not be like thinking of others that do this similarly. But, um, I feel like with a lot of action movies I can think of, I feel like our action star and our villains are only using guns as like ranged weapons. And then in close combat, it's like fists or some other weapon. And I feel like John wick uses his gun in close combat. And so it's almost like he kind of maximizes all like every single opportunity he has just to shoot someone. Like mm-hmm. if he can shoot someone, he's just going to do that rather than like conveniently have our characters being maybe some like long fist fight or something like that. Like, and I, I think that's kind of fun as someone who wouldn't know what a professional assassin, like what that would look like. It makes me think like maybe there's this guy's just like legit, you know, rather than just some Hollywood movie star. Yeah. Um, I, to your point too, I think when I think about like other major action movies, none of them have this many guys he has to kill. Yeah. He kills a lot (laughs) of guys. Like most of them are like, yeah, you got to fight some of the cronies and then finally you get to the bad guy, but it's very small, like probably less than 10. Yeah. Right. Individual fights leading into the final fight. And this is like, he's killing hundreds of people on screen. (laughs) You want to know what? I don't feel like this is more than 10. It's just two hours of constant fight. Like he just <laughs> doesn't stop. Like he's like, I'm walking home and I am murdering half the people I see on the way home. Right. <laughs> Which of those people was your favorite like fight? Uh, of the people like after the subway definitely fight. Definitely the sumo wrestler. Like, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a good. Yeah, I yeah. liked, I liked when uh, he ended up killing those guys with the pencil just because they kept talking about yeah. it. And I saw mm-hmm. a pencil and I was like, all right, let's do it. Yep. 
but I don't, I, I feel like I don't have a favorite. It was just like, go, go, go. I forget. Was the pencil scene from one? Did he do it in one? No, as well? he, but they, they reference it in oh, one. Okay. So it was like, I guess like, uh, you know, Keanu and Chad both felt like when they got to the writing room that they were like, we have to include this because everyone has been, t- that we talked to is like, I got to see John Wick kill somebody with a pencil, you know? Got it. So they included it for just for for the fans, basically. <laughs> Do you know what I and and maybe this isn't as as true in like all of their actions, but I feel like you watch action movies and you don't see the protagonist like they get like a little beat up, mm-hmm. but he just gets so beat up. Oh movie. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, he gets shot, stabbed. He's walking with a limp most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks hurt. The whole yeah, time. which I do. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I appreciate it a lot because Zach, to your point of like, I mean, still John Wick is the best and he does survive, you know, all of these ridiculous scenarios like he is a little superhuman, but at least he's like getting injured because like, you know, you look at a lot of action franchises and it's like they, they walk away unscathed. Yeah. And it's very and, and I think you can tell like that in addition to the fact that he put in the thousands and thousands of hours <laughs> doing this really just like shows you it, it just it makes like a taken just feel so jarring when it's mm-hmm. just like Liam Neeson really is doing all this. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> the and, guy who said that the horse remembered him. from the Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Liam Neeson. <laughs> so he was in uh, that. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and he he was with a horse in that movie, and then he like did an interview. He's like, "Oh yeah, the horse remembered me from a previous movie that we'd worked on together." Liam Neeson's one of those people where you are fine watching their movies, but you never want to see him interview. Oh no, because he knows nothing about any of his roles. Or really? meet him. Like when he was inter- getting interviewed about Star Wars, and he was like, "I don't know." I've I, I've never read anything Star Wars. I've never watched anything Star Wars. I don't know what my character does. <laughs> He's That's like, hilarious. I'm just, I'm just saying me. stuff. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Keanu definitely brings a different level of dedication to, to the work. Uh, he, he famously says, uh, that he does not do his own stunts and that's because of his relationship with like Chad and a lot of these guys, like he doesn't want to like undercut them. Mm. Like he respects the work they do. He, he'll say, I don't do my own stunts. I do my own action. Um, but all that means is that everything in this movie, except for when John Wick gets hit by a car or gets thrown downstairs, Keanu did himself. Except for which moments? When he gets hit by a car okay. or when he gets thrown down the stairs, when he and Cassian gotcha. like roll down the stairs. I thought that was okay. a funny scene when they were rolling down the stairs. Oh, yeah. Because they, <laughs> they kept getting up and then falling down the next Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one last thing about the the guns that I wanted to for me like point out. Uh, I hate in movies when good guys never have to reload. I hate. Oh it. yeah. And it's like how many bullets has he fired? Right exactly. Now? And I love that they take uh you know just a half a second to show John Wick reloading and checking the gun to make sure there's a round in it because that's what you do in real life. And you know like the these other action movies kind of treat us as the fans as like, uh, they're idiots. They don't know better, you know, like, and I like that they don't take that assumption, you know, with me, mm-hmm. like even, this uh, is like an action movie for like, for action fans. Action yeah, people, yeah. Yeah. Like he, even like the, um, like Lawrence Fishburne, the Bowery King gives him a gun with seven bullets and you better believe the first time I saw this, I counted all seven rounds and he was out after seven rounds. It was like, okay, like got to pick up a new gun from one of the people I killed. Uh-huh. I appreciate that so much. Uh, Scott, you were talking about people that he killed. Uh, we can just kind of talk for a quick second about overall kills. Uh, John Wick kills 116 people in this movie on screen. Wow. Feels like a lot. Which for reference in We Were Soldiers, a war movie Mm -hmm. there were 300 on screen deaths Mm. so john wick kills almost more people or or about half half of the amount of people that we were soldiers a war movie kills by himself that's crazy the all three movies uh to date take place over the course of about a week and it works out to about 42 people killed a day (laughs) 
<laughs> that John Wick murders. So about 300. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's literally just shy. It's 299 between the first three So films. John Wick's about as deadly as the Vietnam War. <laughs> In movie time, yes. He's about as deadly as the Vietnam War, which is insane to me. Uh, we already kind of talked about the other deaths, and and I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about the cars. But what do you guys think about all the like the fighting, the martial arts sequences in this? Like, did that was I, that interesting to you? Or? I don't know a lot. Like, I don't. I'm not a martial artist, but I thought it was sweet. You know, I was like, hell yeah, brother. Yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he did do one thing though that I kept questioning every time. Where and he because he did this like 20 times where he would like be in a fight. He would take one guy down and just like be on the floor and like holding this guy in a leg lock and then shooting every other person. I'm like, why don't you just kill that dude? <laughs> like surely it's easier to shoot people when you're not holding this guy down. Uh, and then he gets up and shoots him and then walks away. I think it's that he didn't have to kill him yet because he had him restrained. And so he had to deal with the most immediate threat. He's also was... body armor at that point. He's right. really not though, because they're both laid out flat. Yeah. On the ground. <laughs> but still something there. But I, I think it's the prioritization of threat. Yeah. yeah. Which is honestly like one of the things I love most about this movie is like you can watch hours now at this point of people who like do tactical work breaking down this movie on its tactics. And they're like, it's 10 out of 10. And there I saw in prep for this episode, um, the studio actually does all of the choreography in like previs. So they, they go to each location and you can watch like side by side the, the like choreographers doing all of the, like the, not only like the grappling, but what they call gun foo where it's like, you know, uh. using guns in like a, a, you know, martial arts way kind of a thing. They do all that, and then Keanu has to not only be completely proficient, and all the other actors, by the way, that they bring into this have to go through the same training that Keanu does. They have to know gun training and fighting like they can do it on their own, but then they have to memorize these these long takes of like choreographed, you know, fights, and it's super impressive to me. Let's uh let's pivot and talk a little bit about the world building because you know we talked about it briefly. That it was interesting. What what was some of your guys' favorite parts about the the world of John Wick? I think like this whole idea that we have apparently a lot of yeah. assassins right everywhere, uh, and then they're all governed by some unified like like some governing body over them, and they have these weird rules that we kind of get where it's like, oh, what's the mark? And then they tell us like a little bit and it's like, okay, cool. Let's, uh, yeah. I, now I understand why John Wick has to do this. Let's keep going, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like, it also gives more excuse for Ian McShane to be on the screen. Cause I feel like he does that. And I love Ian McShane. I love to. So who's that? Is that the, the guy that owns the hotel in New Winston. York? Okay. Got it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like it's all very interesting. And then they, and it, it, it's really smart because like, we don't know the rules. So they can kind of just bring in stuff that feels real enough to facilitate the story, but in a way that nobody's going to be like, Hey, that violates the rules in this way or whatever. And we can just kind of use this as a device to get us going to see more of what we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, what would you have thought if it had been Oscar Isaacs instead of Ian McShane? I like Oscar Isaac a lot. Uh, I don't think he would have been as, I don't know. I almost would have felt, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have felt as good about it, but I, because I really like Ian McShane and you know, he's old. Yeah. So that, that feels more fitting for this kind of role, but did Oscar Isaac almost get the part? He was attached to it for a while. And for like, they've never explained why uh, he backed out. And so that uh, left room for Ian McShane to come in and in the first movie. And I, I thought he, he's probably my other than John wick, obviously he's my favorite part of, the whole John Wick, you know, story. I feel like, uh, not to say that if Oscar Isaac was in that part, he'd be wasted and that's more fitting for like an actor like Ian McShane. But I like that he's older because it makes me almost wonder if like he is kind of like, this is his retirement. Like was uh -huh. he an assassin before? Yeah, yeah. And to where like if it was Oscar Isaac, I think I'd kind of want to see him 
get into some action. Yeah. And so I, I wouldn't love that as much. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I think I agree. I agree with your first sentiment. I don't think you had to like back away from it. I, I didn't want to imply that like that wouldn't be a role. Like uh, Ian McShane is lesser or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that's good for an actor of that caliber, but it'd be like Oscar Isaac's talent would be wasted on that role. Okay. Uh-huh. But that's I almost, what I was trying to imply. I almost said the same thing and I didn't for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I think that Oscar Isaac is very good. And I think Ian McShane is very good. Like, yeah. And if you doubt it, like go watch Deadwood. He gives the performance of a lifetime in that show or American gods. If you haven't watched American gods, I want to, but you should. I, it's on Showtime, right? Yeah. Do you, I don't have I own it. You own You have Showtime? Well, I don't own Showtime, but yeah, I have access to Showtime. You own Showtime? <laughs> yeah. This whole time. Wow. This cool. whole time. How is this podcast not doing better? <laughs> I just don't believe in it. Oh. <laughs> Except for American Gods. Yeah. No, no, no. I believe in Showtime. I don't believe in this podcast. I'd almost say it's crazier to believe in Showtime than this podcast. But like you couldn't get a single guest on here for us? <laughs> I could. <laughs> he just doesn't believe in the podcast. Yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Uh last uh last kind of thing that i i wanted to ask you guys about this movie what was some of your favorite and some of this might have come up already but what was some of your favorite like sequences or favorite jokes maybe in this movie we haven't talked a lot about the jokes but i love the the subtle humor in this i think i don't know did we talk about it on recording or before we started the show when we're talking about that sequence where he arrives in rome and then the guy pulls him aside he's like are you here for the pope yeah. And then he's like, no, I'm not. He's like, all right, we're good. <laughs> I loved that. I cracked up uh-huh. the idea that it's like, yeah, if anybody's going to kill the Pope, it's, it's for sure. John Wick. Or that he can kill literally anybody else. Like that's fine. Just don't kill the Pope, please. <laughs> there was actually a deleted scene from this movie where, uh, John Wick actually gets the blessing of the Pope to kill Giada. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> like the Pope's in on this assassin organization. I guess like that's, I mean, it's literally just one scene where he walks into a building in Rome, uh, says his name. And then like a receptionist takes him to a room and there's, you know, like someone in the priesthood, he's got a collar, but it's like a massive reception area with this huge painting behind him. And he just says Giada, whatever her character's name is. And the guy, the priest gets up, walks away, and in walks the Pope. <laughs> and he, uh, like, says the name again, and the Pope just says what's tattooed on his back, that uh, fortune favors the strong, and has him kiss his ring, and then he turns around and walks out. That's all we get. That's pretty funny. But it's like the impression is that, like, the Pope signed off on the the hit. That's I, funny. I would have liked that. I would have too, yeah. I think another moment I thought was funny, because I had this thought where he's recovering his car and just completely destroys it. Mm -hmm. And then John Leguizamo, Mm -hmm. he's like, I thought you loved this car, man. (laughs) And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I loved, uh, Ruby Rose in this film. Uh, she played the silent assassin Aries. Uh, Uh, Mm. I thought she did such a good job of like, I, and I really liked the decision of making her mute. Like it just kind of added like a mystique to her. Uh That was really interesting. Uh, I like that a lot. And I loved, I think my favorite sequence in the movie is the catacomb shootout. Mm. Yeah. Like that's just so cool. Yeah. I think my favorite sequence was um, Keanu and I don't know his character's name. Common Cassian. Cassian. Yeah. Yeah, Cassian. um, They're kind of like a chase throughout Mm. the train station. Uh I I think think that's that's the moment where I'm just like, yeah, this is a fun action movie where it, it, like perfectly balances just like having fun and almost like a little bit of silliness, but never feels like cheesy. Like it always feels like it's perfectly in line with the audience in terms of like, we have the same expectation of what this is and we both know this and not like, no, this is cheesy and you don't know it is Mm. that like a lot of, I think movies can fall into. Um, I think that was the moment that kind of won me over in Mm -hmm. this movie. I liked that they were like equally matched. Yeah. And also that they had a mutual respect for each other, like even amidst. Uh, I loved when they like first see each other and he's like, hey, John. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, you working tonight? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Was it good? Afraid so. 
Like just that, like uh-huh. it, like they uh, both knew exactly what the other was talking. Like about, it felt you know? like, and and it's kind of interesting. Chad um, talked about actually the opening fight sequence, which in the commentary, Keanu was like, "What? Like, how, what are you talking about?" Um, one of his biggest influences in this movie is actually the good, the bad, and the ugly. Really? Yeah, and it's uh, it's the uh, like not only like the, like that sort of like those standoffs, like between John and Cassian that are very like dry, but also very tense, Uh you know, but also the editing. So his big influence going into editing was good, the bad and the ugly, where you would go wide shot, medium shot, close up, medium wide, like that, Uh like that's just how you like tell the story of action. Uh Uh-huh. And he pulled that directly from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Yeah, I that that's I'm glad I know it, and I'm glad that you explained it more because it is something I would like to pay attention to more, and maybe I'll watch this again and think about the yeah the edit of that how they how they do those kind uh-huh. of things. Yeah, uh, and then we haven't talked about, but we must talk about Lawrence Fishburne. <sighs> do we have to? <laughs> Morpheus was pops possibly the greatest part of this whole movie. Lawrence Fishburne is one of my least favorite actors. I mean, we have to talk about him in nothing else that we have Neo and Morpheus back together for the first time, you know, on screen on screen. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think? Obviously I think we know, but Jake, I'd love to hear more what you think. Like I didn't, I didn't hate him in this. I think I was having fun with the movie and he's a small enough part in general. I don't like Lawrence Fishburne. I was fine in this. Like, Mm -hmm. I was surprised, like, afterwards, I was surprised that I wasn't more upset about seeing him. Because, like, usually I see Lawrence Fishburne, I'm like, ugh. But I was fine with it. I think I liked his, like, a little bit more, like, uh, I don't know, like, over-the-top, grandiose, you know, Uh like, approach to this. Where, like, Morpheus was very, like, very low-key and serious. Yeah. Where, like, the Bowery King is a little bit more full of himself and, you know... Uh-huh. I, I thought that was fun. Like, I think he did a good job with that. I was just kind of hoping that there'd be like a nod to the other. And may, if there was, I missed it. But like, like a shared line or like a mention of something that there isn't in this one, but in the third one, there are a few, um, like at one point, uh, Keanu says, uh, I'm going to need guns, lots of guns. Nice. That's like a nod to, uh-huh. you know, like there are a few more, in the third like one. Like that. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that Lawrence Fishburne was like super hamming it up in this movie um, to the point where it like it kind of took me out of it. Not a, a fan. Bit. Yeah. yeah. No, not a fan at all. But like I thought that he was like intentionally just like having a fun goofy time with his role. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't mind it. Like I wasn't upset. I don't think the movie hurts because of it really. Um, cause I don't think it, it really matters. Uh, yeah. but I thought that he was the, the actor that like really went like overboard with his, with his acting with how good John wick is at stealing guns from attackers. Mm-hmm. You could have cut that whole thing out of the movie and he just walks in without a gun and steals one to start off. It's I think totally he was just <laughs> like, I, I think more than anything he needed his help. Uh, just to heal up a little bit. Like there's right. that. That's kinda, yeah. That's kind of what I to took lay low. Too. Yeah. Cause yeah. like he was dying just to rest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Literally dying. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was like a fun, like component of the movie was like this bum. That's kind of the gatekeeper. And then like lets him into this weird, like healing area. Um, just Lawrence Fishburne's character was just like maybe a little too cheesy. Like, like if this movie kind of like toes the line perfectly between like it's silly and really fun, but like n- not cheesy enough, Florence Fishburne maybe takes it a little over the edge for me. I might, I think I probably agree with that. I think it's part was small enough that it didn't detract anything really. Yeah, I agree. It, small and fast enough yeah. and he moved on. Uh, if he's in this movie a lot, I might have an issue with it. I think I, think I agree. I think I agree. I actually, now that you say that, I actually don't care as much about Lawrence Fishburne being in it as the, just the idea that there's like an intelligence gathering service that are all homeless, like fake homeless yeah. people. And that like, what if maybe all the homeless people you meet are actually spies? That's you know? the thing like, about this movie is just like anyone could be a spy. And so like at one point Scott was like, oh, is the Pope in on this? And mm-hmm. it's like, what if the Pope's an assassin? 
Like that, f- that it could be firefighter yeah. at the beginning of the movie is like, what's up, John? Like, is he an assassin? My, is no, no, no. It was a cop. I thought he was a firefighter. No, he's a cop. So he's in the first one too. Oh, okay. Uh, it's played by, uh, um, uh, I can't remember his name, but it doesn't matter. But uh, in the first movie, he comes up and knocks on the door after John kills all the people in his house. And he, John opens the door and he goes, hey, hey, Jerry or whatever the, the yeah. uh, cop's name is. He's like, hey, John. And then John says, noise complaint. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> noise complaint. And he goes, ah, sorry. And he goes, uh, you working again? And he's like, no, nah, just figuring some stuff out. And so in this one, he comes up, the house is burning. And he goes, hey, John, you working again? That's funny. And he goes, I don't, you know, I don't know or something like that. And he walks away and he goes, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. But it's the only, that's interesting because it's the only cop in any John Wick movie. Yeah. Like we never see cops. That was my thing. I was like, a lot of this is just happening downtown. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Downtown Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not Which a cop to be found. It's like, that could be a nitpick, but it, who cares? I actually, exactly. it's fun. Yeah. Like, I don't care. It's you know? it's not a nitpick to me because I feel like that gets overplayed too much. Yeah. Like, even like we're going to talk about later uh, in a future episode, Too Fast, Too Furious. And I felt like the whole like cops robbers thing is just so overplayed. Like, I don't need that dynamic anymore. Yeah. Like, just ignore it. Like, it, <laughs> it almost kind of like, when I thought about that, there were no cops It almost kind of like, I was like, Oh, maybe the cops just know, you know, that they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to handle their business and they're not going to like bother other people. Right. Right. You know, and that's just what it is. Also, or, if I try to get them, I'm going to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe like truly like maybe the cops, like the, the, the underground of the assassin world is just so good that the cops really don't know because they have the guy that comes in and cleans up all the dead bodies, you know, yeah. like, like even when the, the homeless guy shoots the two assassins that are chasing John, they're immediately carted off uh-huh. and then burned, you know, like they're just not leaving a trail of dead bodies. Like maybe the organization is so efficient that like the cops, I wonder was like following John Wick as he was like fight, fighting the sumo guy and like all that. I don't know. That's <laughs> what know? I was going to say. Is who like, had to be the guy that had to cart him off? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think that John Wick has like, they like assign a janitor to him right? and how you get that job. Like clean up crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well in the first movie we do have that. Like he, when he kills all the guys in his house, uh, the first character that we meet actually in the underground world, other than John is the cleaner. Uh-huh. And there was a cleaner in scene in this movie, but they cut it. They cut him for time. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question for you guys. What do you think Lance Reddick was doing that whole time with the dog? They were just chilling. Just chill, chilling at the hotel. Chilling. Mad chilling. You think you took him on walks and stuff and it, like took him to a dog park? In the third movie, he like drops the dog back off with Lance for like the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just a thing? Yeah. That's just and a then, thing in all this. And then like at the end of it, he like comes back and he's like, was he a good dog? And he's like, he was a good dog. Like, <laughs> I'd like to think there was a secret whole nother movie happening where just as many spies are after John Wick, there's also spies after John Wick's dog. And he's, <laughs> Spy just, dogs. And he's just defending the dog from all these different spies that are trying to kill it. There's a pretty great, and when I say pretty great, it's super bad, but it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's so bad. But there's a pretty great uh, short film that Lionsgate put out. It's one minute long, and it's called Dog Wick. And the premise is, what if, uh, what if in the first movie they killed John instead of the dog <laughs> and the dog is like getting revenge after everyone. That'd be pretty funny. It was pretty funny. I think I liked their interaction when he was trying to find accommodations for the dog where he was like, do you guys bored? And he's like, we don't. And then they stand there for like a couple of seconds and he's like, I could watch him for you. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for you guys for real. Uh, what did you guys think when he shoots Santino at the very end on continental ground? Don't know why he did it. That like I was sitting there, I was like, just wait. Like he'll walk out. Like he can't stay there forever. You can just wait. But yeah. he could probably stay there longer than John could. John has a lot of those coins. John has a lot of time on his hands too. Other yeah, just, than this. Just imagine this guy also has a lot of coins. Like if he's putting seven million dollar bounties on people, like I Yeah, I just feel like John could have waited a minute. I was pro. That decision, 
um, because I feel like it's just going to set up an interesting movie. Like I'm yeah. now I'm even more excited for the third one. I'm yeah. going to have to watch so, three so then I can watch four. And I just thought like, I kind of like when a character is willing to break the rules within like the universe, you know, and, and just spice things up a little bit. That's the thing too, where like, it's not a decision I would have made. Uh, you know, if I was John Wick, which but you're I, not, and yeah, I, and I, but I, I like it as a device for the movie, and I'm excited yeah. to see what happens in the third and one. I love that the guy's just like, "You can't touch me here, sorry." Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Boom, and then just it gets shot through the head mid sentence. <laughs> like, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Would you, I, if you I, I were write an assassin, off, I write off on that, John. If you were an assassin, would you go after John Wick? No, with the 14 million dollar bounty on him. No, no. Uh, well. I'm in this universe. Yeah. Maybe? As an assassin. Uh, that's a lot of money. So here's the thing is you, you heard that John Wick got back to work for one week, uh-huh. killed 300 people. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to be the one. Uh, I don't know. 300 people who are also in this world and just as qualified as you. But yeah, that's the thing though, is that like, it's not like it's, I'm the only one who's going to have to go take on a prime John Wick. Like what if he just killed, I mean, you know, we already revealed he kills 300 people. So like clearly I'm going to fail, but my mindset might be like, Hey, maybe he's kind of tired and like battered up and like shot a few times from the previous 30 people. And I just need to like, Get lucky and get well, him. And especially now, he doesn't have access to all the amenities. Like, he can't get another new suit. He can't get, yeah. like, all these things. 14 million is a lot of money. Yeah, it is. He but doesn't have the protection of the Continental. Yeah. What are you going to do with $14 million when you're dead? Well, nothing if I'm dead. But exactly. Yeah, but, but... roll the dice, you know? Maybe you get lucky. Because you don't have to be good. You just have, to Zach's point, you just have to get lucky. I just, I just feel like I am not, you know... The one, I feel like the 301st isn't going to be the one. Look, All right, Jake, I have a look. Uh, the The fourth movie, we haven't seen the fourth movie. Maybe he might someone, die. Maybe or someone third. kills him. I have a question for all of us, and, and we'll just see where our thresholds are. 50 50 chance on living and getting 14 million or dying. Would you roll the dice? No. On a 50 50. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> okay, if the answer is no, like at what percentage would you roll that dice? I don't think that there's any. Like if it was a 1% chance you die. Oh, what percent? Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about money. I would do it. I mean, I would do it for 1%. If I die at the 1% that I was supposed to die. Five per- <laughs> 10%. One in 10 chance. I think that might be as high as I would go. 14 million. Is there any benefit for me to not pick like a 1% chance I die? Like, are my odds any better than Jake's if I pick that there's a 10% that I die? He's like, just, why would I not just pick 1%? He's just wondering no, how high what is your line? Your line. Yeah. Yeah. I guess 1% too. Yeah. That's it? Well, that, I guess that's the most likely that I'm going to succeed. You so. want Zach to leave orphans? <laughs> he's not, do you get the 14 million even if you die? Like, can he pass that on to his kids? No. No. Yeah, okay. Then, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I guess I would just pick there's a 1% chance I die. No, you don't get a pick. I'm just figuring where your threshold is. It's not like <laughs> yeah, Zach everyone gets an offer. I, yeah, I pick your percentage. Yeah, yeah, Zach doesn't I, understand the I think the, my line would be prompt. 20%. 20? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably do like 25%. Yeah. You know what? I'd do 100. 100% chance of dying? <laughs> just kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's cry for help. I, I will say uh, I will say to, to entice you guys to watch the third one, uh, obviously, I kind of like talked about like, the gun foo. Like that's like a, a word that they've sort of invented for, for John Wick. I don't think they have. I've heard it. Oh, maybe you've heard it before. I've heard it a lot. I, I, I definitely heard it in a big L song in the nineties. Okay. And then, uh, car foo is a big thing that they talk about with John Wick. Uh, uh-huh. and in the third movie, they introduce dog foo. <laughs> wow. Like they use dogs as weapons. Yes. I thought he invented that in point break. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Uh, it's way more impressive in this one than in, than uh, in Point Break. I believe that. And it's, it's Caught actually, my first tube today. It's actually not John who employs dog foo. It's Halle Berry. Mm. All right. Against, uh, I will say, I'll give you one more just for the two of you, frankly. Uh, against Brom from... Uh, oh, from Lost? From No, uh, from or Braun from uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Oh. The wheelchair I can't believe guy? Br- I think Emily Brand is going to be in this. Not Brand, Braun. Isn't his name Bran? Brand is the kid. <laughs> two different Tyrion's characters. friend. Oh, Bran. okay. That's less funny than Brand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's less funny, but it's more. It makes way more sense, right? Yeah. It makes way more sense. Yeah. So 
Braun from oh. from uh, from Game of Thrones uh, has a kind of a, a pretty pivotal role in the world of assassins. Mm. I mean, you didn't need to sell me. I was probably going to watch it anyways, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited. Well, what do you guys say? Are you a little disappointed that you found that it's not brand a little bit now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm less inclined. I, I, I also want to ask you guys, did any like, have you guys caught on that? Uh, what's his name? Keanu just keeps getting cast as John's. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Johnny John Utah. Wick. What? I think it's like he keeps getting cast as John Wick. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they give it to someone else? Yeah. Give somebody else a turn, please. I, because yeah, I was like Johnny Utah, and I'm like, I think he also plays like John Constantine in something. He does. And I counted, he plays seven different Johns. He looks like career. a John. If it, if it makes you feel better, John Wick's real name is Jardani Jovanovic. Oh, oh, wow. When do they reveal that? In the third one. Oh, okay. I, I just, uh, before we cut, I do want to give you a shout out, Tyler, for picking our yearly Peter Stormare m- movie. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, I think, I can think of three movies we've done, and I feel like we've done a fourth movie with Peter Stormare. We just can't. Have we done Armageddon? one every year? I think we've done think one. We have. So we did Armageddon. I, I'm trying to remember the season two movie. Fargo. Fargo was season three. Yeah. Oh, Big Lebowski. Yeah. So yeah. Was that season two? I think that was season two. Yeah. So yeah, we, might. we just, we get him every year. We got to keep that up. I'm into it. Yeah. Big fan. But still, more maybe than we'll Vince do. Had. Maybe we'll do Constantine <laughs> next uh, next year. Let's do it. He plays Lucifer in Constantine. <laughs> this sounds cool. Sounds All right, crazy. Zach, you're up first for the ratings. I'm gonna give. You know what? Tyler talked me up on this movie. Like, um, oh, all wait, the specific. Tyler, Tyler be first. Be first? Yeah. Sorry, I, for some reason wow. I was thinking Zach. <laughs> you can go second. <laughs> okay, cool. Tyler, uh, I'm gonna give this uh, an eight point four. Zach. So as I was saying, <laughs> Tyler talked me up on this movie. I'm I'm even more impressed with the the hard work and dedication that went into making this. So I'm going to give it a seven point nine um, uh, gun fu scenes. Oh, I didn't give a yeah. I'll eight point four uh, uh, sumo wrestlers uh, shot in the head multiple times. <laughs> I'm going to give this seven point eight um, desserts. I'm going to give this an 8.1 Pope's not murdered. <laughs> so this comes out to an 80%. Um, once again, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave this an 86. IMDb gave it 7.4. So we're literally right as their average. So I think it's pretty good. Comes out to movie number 52 out of 125. I'm very happy with that. Frankly, I just wanted it to beat um, Bad Boys 2. We didn't do Bad Boys 2 yet. Oh, then Bad Boys 1. We'll probably do Bad Boys 2 next year, though. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be Bad Boys 2. <laughs> probably. I'm sure it will, too, but Bad Boys 2 is fun. Bad Boys 3 was good, though. Bad Boys 3 was... Also known as Bad, Bad Boys, Boys 4 Life. Yeah, just a huge, <laughs> huge mistake. They should have made two more Bad Boys to call the fourth one Bad Boys for Life. Uh, best Bad Boys movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Would Bad Boys 3 beat John Wick 2, Scott? Bad Boys 3 beat John Wick 2... I think I probably enjoyed it more. I, I liked, I would probably rate it higher. Mm. Yeah. How's the gun foo in that movie? Not as good. It's a very different feel of movie. Okay. Like th- they're not even in the same genre to me. Like they did maybe uh, two hours of training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're um, probably more proficient in, in dog food than gun food. <laughs> How do you be proficient in dog food? Do you just grab a dog by the tail and start swinging? Yeah. Like, Maybe. All How right, many Zach. hours of work did they put in in dog food for the third movie? A lot. Were any dogs harmed? No. <laughs> Lots certified now. All of them. <laughs> Lots of dogs. Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.